All the latest business news from WA, delivered daily. At close of business, news briefing. Good afternoon and welcome to the At Close of Business podcast. This is Simone Grogan with your Tuesday afternoon headlines. The Australian Securities and Investments Commission is suing corporate Superfund Mercer superannuation in the watchdog's first legal action against alleged greenwashing. Mercer is accused of making misleading statements about the sustainable nature and characteristics of seven of its sustainable plus investment options, which the watchdog claims were in fact invested in 49 companies involved in fossil fuels, alcohol production and gambling. ASIC is alleging the funds were marketed by Mercer as being suitable for members who were deeply committed to sustainability on the basis they excluded investments in companies associated with those industries. According to ASIC's claims, the members who took up Sustainable Plus options had investments in industries Mercer's website said were excluded, including companies such as AGL, BHP, Glencore, Budweiser Brewing, Treasury Wine Estates, Caesars Entertainment and Crown Resorts. Ultimately, ASIC claims Mercer made false and misleading statements and engaged in conduct that could mislead the public. ASIC Deputy Chair Sarah Court said this was the first time ASIC had taken an Australian entity to court regarding an alleged greenwashing conduct. Action against greenwashing, which is defined as the practice of misrepresenting the extent to which a financial product strategy is environmentally friendly, sustainable or ethical, is one of ASIC's enforcement priorities for 2023. And in other news, the State Administrative Tribunal has struck down a planning decision made by the town of Cambridge over a roof terrace proposal at a $2.6 million city beach site. HHB Investments sought approval from the town to amend an already approved application to build a house on Branksome Gardens by changing a roof garden to a roof terrace. In September, town councillors refused the application due to concerns the roof terrace would add additional height, cause loss of visual privacy and be incompatible with the local surroundings. In a judgment delivered by SAT member Rochelle Lavery this month, the tribunal ordered the town's decision to be set aside and for HHB Investments' application to be conditionally approved. Research from RP Data shows the Branksome Garden site was purchased for about $2.5 million in November 2020. A development application to build a two-storey house with a roof garden area on the site had previously been approved by the town. HHB Investments, with help from Urban Easter Town Planning, then proposed to change a portion of the roof garden into a roof terrace with an external spiral staircase and landing. The proposal included increasing the wall height from the already approved application to accommodate clear glass balustrading of one metres tall. The town refused the application at a September meeting claiming the proposed roof terrace did not provide adequate screening to surrounding neighbours and that the increased wall height would make the house closer to a three-storey development. In her judgement, Miss Lavery said the height of the proposal was acceptable and the roof terrace was compatible with the surroundings. The Town Council's refusal in September was against its own administration staff's recommendation to approve the roof terrace proposal. And in mining news, Sandfire Resources has recorded a $27.1 million loss after inflationary pressures, higher energy prices and the acquisition of a project in Spain impacted the global miners' first half results. The company entered the red after recording a $27.1 million net loss after tax in its first half of the 2023 financial year, down from its $55.2 million profit in the prior corresponding period. Its depreciation and amortisation charges increased to $137.8 million, primarily due to the acquisition of the Matza underground mines in Spain. The company achieved a record sales revenue of $431.7 million, representing a 38% jump from the prior period. During the period, Sandfire produced 21,652 tonnes of contained copper and 12,777 ounces of contained gold at its flagship Degrossa mine in Mikathara. 
Higher revenues were due to the inclusion of Matza sales, which helped offset the planned winding down of production and sales from the DeGrossa mine. The final stope of ore was extracted from DeGrossa in October, which marked the end of its underground mining operations. And finally, Multiplex has awarded a $120 million facades and structures contract to SRG Global for work on the Edith Cowan University City Campus project, which broke ground earlier this month. A sod-turning ceremony was held in February 20 to mark the start of construction at the $853 million ECU campus, located in Perth's Yagan Square. Set to be completed in 2025 and opening to students the year after, the Creative Industries Business and Technology Campus will be the first comprehensive university in the CBD. The start of construction last week marked a sign of progress on an otherwise delayed and increasingly costly Perth City deal. Head contractor Multiplex has selected Subiaco-based engineering services firm SRG Global to design, supply and install specialist engineered curtain wall facades and structure works at the campus. The work is valued at approximately $120 million and is set to start immediately to be completed by 2025. And that's all from me this afternoon. Coming up next on the podcast, Jordan Murray and Mark Pownall discuss Perth's regulatory technology sector. The business world is teeming with opportunities to succeed and every day is a chance for the ambitious to learn, know and grow. Over recent years, we have built the greatest business journalist team in WA, delivering you the most trusted, comprehensive, intelligent and up-to-date news across every sector, every platform, every day. No fluff, all informative stuff. At Business News, we believe progress boils down to one simple habit. That is, what you subscribe to today shapes what you will become tomorrow. Subscribe to success. Subscribe to Business News. Visit businessnews.com.au forward slash subscribe for more information. Welcome back to our close of business. I'm Jordan Murray, today joined by senior editor Mark Pownall. Mark, how are you this afternoon? I'm feeling great, mate. Thank you for having me. Regulation technology is not a topic that I thought you were amazingly interested in, Mark, but uh, for the latest edition of Business News, which Resources Minister Madeline King graces the cover of, you've written extensively about regulation tech, particularly here in Perth, Western Australia. And it starts with a really fascinating story, and it's uh, the man behind a business called Persona, Charlie Westerman, uh, and a bit of a story about how he came into this particular topic. Yeah, and look, I mean, in funny, in a funny way, um, Charlie Westerman and his company, Personar, are kind of like um, the, the, the kind of new end of this story. They're the most recent arrival compared to uh, most. They don't, you, you know, I mean, this business could have started anywhere from what I could tell. It's not connected to any of the sort of history of the other players in WA, from what I can tell. But, yeah, he, he had his identity uh, stolen, I think, about five years ago. He's only a young fella. And uh, he just decided to... When he when he just... He said he just couldn't seem to do anything really about it. The, the banks won't listen. He said he had all these files on it or, or claims on his credit file that he said there were 60 of them that someone had, you know, basically done in his name and he could he's basically still after five years and lots and lots of legal fees stuck with about half of them and he said that's affected his life he couldn't he said he went to get a loan for a car so you know usually where the first loan that people get is a car loan and he couldn't get one and that shocked him so he's gone about trying to find a way of stopping that from happening to other people 
He also spoke a bit about how what's happened with Optus and Medibank has really brought this issue to light. Do you think that that's the case, that these big businesses failing on privacy has given us a bit more of a uh, a bit of an awareness, I guess, about these issues? Yeah, I think, it, it, well, it's given the populace an awareness. I think there was a bit of awareness there, but it scared everybody. But I think he's sort of really suggesting it scared government more than anything. And he reckons, and he's not the only one to say it, that there's way more of these out there and including government agencies and the like and the government has realised that too much of business is done with people uh, or you know between companies and people who do not know enough about each other and there needs to be a better way so he believes there's going to be a rising levels of regulatory activity that is going to require smaller and smaller businesses in different areas to be more clear that they know who they're dealing with. And he does cite one example. He said, someone can walk in right now to a lawyer's office with your with very little detail about you and create a will based on you so that when you die, the proceeds go to them. <laughs> and he said, the lawyers doing that do very little to establish who you are. And he thinks that's, that's just an example that he thinks will be a problem for lots of law firms, for instance, in the future. Worrying lack of due diligence in that example. But, Mark, you also wrote in your article that person is a bit of an outlier when it comes to the uh, intriguing regulationary technology scene here in Perth. Why is that? Yeah, because they're based on the individual. And, in fact, they have created their technology, and I only just got a glimpse at it, but... their original uh, commercial product is actually at enterprise level. So they're actually selling this to SMEs on the basis of this will help you identify who the person is. But ultimately they want to have a, an individual uh, product, you know, call it a wallet, where you can keep all your stuff secure. Um, but really when you look at, as I said before, the, the history of this sector in WA, it's oddly strong for WA, you know, as we're not known as a software centre and it's um, oddly mature and it's very much, according to all the people in the sector that I got to speak to, based on the fact that uh, we've got this big resources sector here and they're really big on compliance and they've got thousands of people working remotely and flying in and out and using all sorts of equipment and processes that are very dangerous, right? And not only that, but mistakes are incredibly expensive. If you stuff up something on a mine site and shut it down for a day or a week, we start talking in the billions potentially, and certainly millions and hundreds of millions if you get it really wrong. So making sure that some electrician is actually certified to do what they're doing is really critical. And it's critical that it happens before they get on the plane, not when they get there. It's too late. It holds everything up. So that's kind of the history. Um, And you've got businesses like Scantech was one of the ones that's been in there. They've been around for a long time. Don't know too much about them because I couldn't get to speak to those guys. But they actually, oddly enough, started in the hospitality sector and have managed to get across these areas. You've got CredShare. They're very much about onboarding staff and making sure people do have their credentials they've started in a, they're in a range of industries that now includes healthcare and um, uh, they love working with member associations so they've gone very national uh, there's a big group called Canatico which is actually used to be called CV check which 
is literally the leading group in the country for doing police checks on people uh, because, you know, they've got all the software and the access to that. Um, and then, you know, so they're the, they're the businesses that I picked up on the most and all of them, or the ones I spoke to all say, it all sort of started originally around uh, the, um, the mining sector mm. and compliance. But certainly Scantech seems to be the test case for this type of technology, or at least the the example that people look towards as a success in this space, and particularly an inconspicuous success, because I don't think anybody heralds uh, Scantech as a particularly stunning or innovative business. Having said that, it seems to be in every oh, venue in Perth. I think they're super innovative. It's just that they're just, you're right, they're just low-key. Under the radar. Um, and, and and particularly interesting and, and referred to by a lot of people as kind of like the, the, the starting point. But, yeah, you mention it. Like, at, at, I think their history is really around nightclubs. And the need for nightclub owners to be able to be sure that the staff on the door are letting people in who aren't underage or have any other dramas. But mainly it was about ensuring that they were 18 because you get one or two of those in your venue and your court, you lose your licence, your business is in jeopardy. So again, compliance, small bits of compliance matter in business in a gigantic way. Um, there is one other one which I, I decided not to write about in here, which was called Kicker, because it wasn't really a West Australian company. It was an Irish company <laughs> that listed on the Australian stock market and it did so out of Perth and it's now no longer based in Perth. But the others all seem to have quite significant um, staff here and they do do their software development here. And I think that's one of those things that um, places become a hub and they can uh, attract enough people to be able to survive and thrive because those people know that there's a career track if they're here. Having said that, if you look nationally, there are a lot of companies that are not in WA. It's just that we just happen to have some very mature ones. Mm. To read more on this one, head online now to businessnews.com.au or pick up the latest edition of Business News on which Resources Minister Madeline King graces the cover. In the meantime, Mark, thank you so much for coming on our Close of Business. Thank you. The latest business news delivered daily. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all the latest business news, visit businessnews.com.au.